fellas, what up? Welcome to episode 12 of the 2018 edition of the MFHT cast. We have a lot to get to, so we are going to jump right in. First and foremost, follow up to the email that I sent yesterday. Pharmacy this Sunday, 2100 Northwest Gleason Street. Uh, morning games, you know, we'll probably look to arrive around 930, score a table, settle in. Hope everybody can make it out. Um, also, I just want to follow up on what I sent out around the uh, DraftKings League for this week. If you want to play, get me your uh, DraftKings username a- ASAP, and we'll get that set up. I think so far we have four or five guys that want to do it. We did this a few times last year, and uh, it's a lot of fun. All right, so let's jump in to our regularly scheduled programming here with our Week 9 recap. So first up, Tice took me down 126 to 121 with a Monday night comeback that was not really much in doubt given that he had Zeke, Amari, and the Cowboys D going and I was carrying kind of a a weak lead into Monday night football. So on my side, you know, the first thing right out of the gate last week was I picked up the Raiders defense, um, which turned out to be a terrible decision. They got me zero points. Uh, Picked them up for a couple reasons. One, I had the Rams going in that shootout game in the Dome in New Orleans, and I knew that uh, the Saints were going to put up some points as they did. As it turned out, the Rams also put up a bagel. So I had two defenses, no points. Um, I I thought the Raiders D was, you know, in play as a backup defense, given that they were starting against a, uh, undrafted free agent rookie making his first NFL start, which is usually a spot that you want to attack with your defense. But uh, I forgot that it was the Raiders. I forgot they're terrible. I forgot that they have completely quit on their coach and they made Nick Mullins look like a damn all-star out there. So that was, uh, you know, starting out in the hole there. On the plus side, my Brady, Edelman, Josh Gordon game stack, which I ran back with my boy MVS, who I think is going to be a starter for me going forward, got me 82 points. So I was really happy with how that worked out. Um, Josh Gordon is looking like he's fitting in pretty nicely with the Patriots. Um, just didn't have enough on the rest of my roster to uh, to compete with Tice. Um, Tice did get a big game on the road from Baltimore from Ben Roethlisberger, which I really did not expect. He has traditionally not played very well in Baltimore. Um, He has pretty significant home road splits as it is. And Baltimore's defense has just been excellent this year. So that kind of came out of the blue. Um, He did get a disappointing 5.8 points from Adrian Peterson, who, you know, has looked really good this year, who I talked up last week. Um, So, you know, they, they fell behind really quickly to Atlanta in that game. And that's um, was not good news for AP's production. Zeke and Amari combined for 32.5 points for Tice. So here's the interesting thing to me about Zeke and Amari is that, you know, they're obviously going to be really solid. They're the, you know, the RB1 and, and Amari is definitely going to be the wide receiver one in that offense. I think that there are offenses where you can have the running back and the wide receiver one and feel really confident in it, right? Like if you had... James Conner and Antonio Brown, you'd be stoked. If you had Todd Gurley and really any one of those three receivers for the Rams, you'd be stoked. Um, you know, there in years past, you could have David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald and you'd be stoked. I don't think that the Cowboys offense is, is good enough. They're just, they don't put up enough points. They don't run enough plays to where you can have both the running back and the wide receiver one and expect those guys to both pop off on the same week. Um, you might get solid scores from them on the same week. And I think you can expect solid scores from them on the same week. 
I think you could also expect weeks where one of them pops and the other one has a disappointing week. But I don't think you're going to see many, if any, weeks down the stretch where both guys are north of 20 points. Uh, part of the reason for that is, you know, they're a team that wants to slow the ball or slow the game down. They're not going to have as many drives and run as many plays as some of the other teams in the league. And so when they get in the red zone, it becomes this either-or situation. Like, are we going to run it with Zeke or are we going to throw it to Amari? So on their first two drives the other night, they threw it to Amari in the end zone both times. The first one was a touchdown. The second one was an interception. You know, both of those situations are, you know, moments when you could be giving the ball to Zeke and getting him in the box or you could be getting it to Amari um, but it's one or the other. So I think that's, that's going to cap the ceiling on both of those guys a little bit. I will say in Amari Cooper's favor, he ran some sick routes. I mean, he's still a really young, really talented wide receiver and best case scenario for him from a you know career standpoint is they get a new head coach and a new offensive coordinator in there next year that really knows how to use him. But and anyways, uh, I have spent too long talking about the Cowboys, so we are going to move on. Good win for Tice there. Um, next up, we have Bettis over Colmer, <coughs> biggest win of the week, 134 to 98. And this would have been even bigger if Bettis had gotten someone in a tight end for Gronk. Colmer got nice performances from Cam and OJ Howard, who is really emerging as one of the best tight ends in the league, um, but not much else across the board for Colmer. Um, as I talked about last week, Comer's running back situation is really tough with Sony Michelle injured. Um, Shady cannot get anything going. I saw a tweet the other day that he has like less than 15 yards rushing or something like that in each of his last three games. I mean, that Buffalo offense is just so, so bad that, you know, teams are stacking the box. Teams are just sitting back playing zone defense against them. Um, and it's making it hard for Shady to do what he does best, which is, you know, get on the perimeter and use his athleticism to beat guys one-on-one. He just doesn't have, you know, the opportunity to do that right now. Um, so, yeah, rough rough for Colmer there. Bettis had, I think, a predictable down week from Mitch Trubisky um, going into Buffalo. Buffalo has not been a spot you want to attack with quarterbacks this year for a couple of reasons. One, you know, their offense is so bad that teams are just building these massive leads on them and just kind of sitting on the ball the rest of the game. But then the other thing is, is that their defense is actually pretty good. Um, Jerry Hughes off the edge is a good pass rusher. Terrell Edmonds, who actually didn't play this week um, at linebacker, the rookie that they took, I think, with around the 10th pick or so, um, has looked good. And then... Um, Tredavious White in the secondary is kind of low-key, one of the best corners in the league. This is nobody really talks about it because their team is so bad. Um, but it's not Buffalo has not been a spot that that you've wanted to attack um, from a fantasy standpoint on offense. So not surprising to see Trubisky have kind of a bad week this week for Bettis. Um, but he did get a solid game from Todd Gurley, of course. He got a really nice game from James White. I think that was predictable with Sony Michelle out. And Julio made his first house call of the season. So good to see Julio get off the schneid there um, and have his first really big game of the season. He did this last year, too, where it took him a while to get going in the touchdown department. And then he just went on kind of a tear for a while um, in kind of the middle second half of the season. So we'll see if that happens again for Julio. The, the thing that I really liked that Bettis did is uh, really like the plug and play of Miami's defense, um, which went off for 28 points against the Jets. Sam Darnold is on track to lead the league in interceptions, um, and he is definitely a QB, and, and that's definitely an offense that we want to be attacking. They're giving up interceptions. They're giving up sacks, and Miami was able to turn one of those plays into a defensive touchdown. So nice, nice job by Bettis there. 
Next up, we have Rob over Bartley, 137 to 112. That brings both guys to five and four, and it's kind of one of the more interesting um, you know, spots from a, from a standpoint starting to think about playoff seeding in our league. So for Bartley, really nice plug-and-play of Fitzmagic. He also got a huge game from Kareem Hunt, and those two combined for close to 70 points. Um, but then Bartley only got around 40 total from the rest of his roster. So maybe 42, 43 points from the rest of his roster. So not going to get it done on Rob's side. He got just a monster game from Drew Brees in that shootout in the Superdome. What a fun game to watch. I mean, that, that was one of the most enjoyable games for me to watch, um, all season. I mean, just two offenses clicking great players on both sides of the ball. Both teams have respectable defenses, but you know, you're not going to slow down either of those offenses when they're firing like that. So really fun to watch. Um, Christian McCaffrey also went off for 32 points and then just solid scores up and down the board. I mean, we've been talking about this with Rob's team. You know, he has just, he's just solid everywhere. Um, Adam Thielen finally did not break a hundred yards for the first time this season, but he did salvage his day by getting into the end zone and he's just, you know, super consistent. Um, And I think that really kind of is, is emblematic of Rob's team. I do want to know, if we were still doing our awards from last year, that this would definitely be the spot where Bartley would have won the up your butt award for points left on the bench um, with his decision to start Mark Ingram over James Conner. So James Conner went huge in that game in Baltimore for over 30 points. Had Bartley started him instead of Mark Ingram, he would have won this matchup. I do want to know, I don't think that that's actually a terrible decision by Bartley, even though the result was pretty rough. Um, you just don't, you don't want to attack Baltimore at home. I don't know what happened. I didn't really see much of that game. I don't know why they played so poorly, uh, but their defense has been lights out this year. So I think that that was, you know, given what we expected in terms of scoring and what, what actually took place in terms of scoring in that Saints Rams game, I think that's a totally rational decision. Um, just didn't end up working out. And, you know, given how tight guys are clustered in that five and four range in our league could have some implications for playoff seating. So I'll have to see how that plays out down the road. But um, yeah, definitely an up your butt on that one. All right, moving on. We have the Vatos taking down Darren, 154 to 134. Darren got yet another great game from Pat Mahomes, um, who you know I think is is probably at this point in the season on track to win the MVP. Um, the guy is just so consistently exceptional, week in and week out. Um, really, a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, kind of the next great young quarterback in the league. Um, Chicago, Chicago's defense also added two touchdowns, um, in really quick succession. They got a couple really nice plays to break up some passes. Um, both of which were returned to the house against Buffalo felt a little bit bad for Nathan Peterman. I mean, Nathan Peterman is a historically bad quarterback. He has, I think the second worst, um, interception ratio, of any quarterback that's thrown like at least a hundred passes in NFL history or something insane like that. Neither of these two interceptions were actually his fault. I mean, he actually threw pretty good balls and bears defenders just made good plays on the ball and Buffalo receivers did not, and they paid for it. So um, stoke for, for Darren there. Delvin cook also made his presence known in the box score with 14 points. I think he ripped off a long run somewhere in that game. Um, and it was interesting to me that D played both, Latavius Murray and Dalvin Cook. And I actually think that that was kind of a, a smart move given that word going into the game was that both guys were going to get work. And, you know, Latavius's touchdown upside is really high. I think he did score a touchdown, in fact. And the Lions D is so bad against the run 
even now that they've added uh, run stuffer Snacks Harrison to their D-line, they, they could still be attacked on the ground. So I thought that was pretty smart of Darren to play both of those guys. And both guys had good games, just neither one quite popped off enough for him to, to get the win. So um, let's see. Hang on one second. Let me get back my notes here. Okay, so on the Vato side, they got some really nice performances um, throughout their roster. They got 23 each from Aaron Rodgers and George Kittle, the recipient of um, some of those throws from Nick Mullins. Kittle had a really sick catch in the middle of the field that looked like it was going to be intercepted. He ends up with it and just ran, I think, another like 40 or 50 yards with it. Got 25 from Brandon Cooks in the revenge game down in the Superdome. When Cooks played for the Saints, his home road splits were were really um, stark. So, you know, it was not surprising to see him go into the Superdome and play well there. Then he got 28 points from Duke Johnson. So seems like the new Cleveland offensive coordinator has figured out that they want to use Duke Johnson in passing situations, which not sure why that wasn't happening under Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley, but encouraging usage there from Duke. And, you know, just looking at the Vato's roster, possible that I may have stuck a fork in them just a little too early last week. So we'll have to see how these next couple weeks go, but you know, they can make some, some noise down the stretch here. All right. And then we, next up we have Barsodi taking out Tim's JV squad, 116 to 113. Tim did not have the services of Saquon or DJ available to him this week and didn't get much, uh, didn't get much uh, from anyone outside of Matt Ryan or Melvin Gordon, who fortunately looks like he has recovered from that hamstring injury. Barsodi's side, that Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Hopkins combo got him north of 60 points. Those were the only two guys on his side that really did much of anything. Got a really disappointing score of 9.8 points from Kirk Cousins. Um, I think that that's a bit of an aberration. Game flow in that game was really strange. Um, You know, Vikings got up early. Lions couldn't do much of anything, and uh, the Vikings were just happy to lean on their run game there. That's not been what we've seen from them most weeks this season, so I think that that was just sort of a one-off from Cousins there. I think he'll certainly have bigger games down the stretch. And then finally, <coughs> excuse me, we come to service with 162.99 points, taking the seriously bad beat to Eric, who put up 183.97. Service literally would have beaten every other team in our league comfortably this week and just got luck unlucky running into that uh that buzz saw that eric put up so on service side, great performances from jared goff i mean if it, if it weren't for the season that patrick mahomes is having um you know i think goff would be right there in that mvp discussion I and mean, certainly todd Gurley you have to put him in there too but among the qbs i think goff is probably you know, just a notch below Mahomes in terms of the season he's having. Uh, also got a nice game from from the recently acquired Keenan Allen, who I sent to service in the trade a few weeks back. So nice to see Keenan Allen put up some numbers. He's a guy that, that you know, I like to root for. A guy I don't like to root for is Tevin Coleman. Uh, he put up 33 points. Tevin Coleman, to me, is one of the most frustrating players in fantasy because it's so hard to predict when these good games are going to come from him. He's super athletic. He can play well in the passing game. The, the way that Atlanta wants to use their running backs, where they have this kind of 60-40 split between the RB1 and RB2, regardless of whether that's Tevin Coleman or Devontae Freeman or whoever else, is super frustrating. Um, seems like they decided to feed Coleman the ball this week, and that paid off for them, paid off for service. Um, also got a really nice uh, game out of the Vikings' D. 
Uh, AB and Bob Woods both had good, not great games. Uh, he got very little out of his two running backs, um, Tariq Cohen and carry on Johnson. And that I think ended is, is ultimately what ended up costing him the win, um, this week. So on Eric's side, Eric had only two guys that put up fewer than 10 points. Um, so that's always a recipe for success, right? If everybody, you know, not everybody, but if the vast majority of your team is contributing across the roster, that's going to work out pretty well for you. And then you have four guys, Deshaun Watson, Deion Lewis, Travis Kelsey, and Cooper Cup, who put up between 20 and 30 points. So that's, you know, you're getting at that point, you know, close to 100 points out of those four guys. And then, of course, he has Michael Thomas, who just goes absolutely apeshit with over 200 yards receiving. And... You know, the timing on that tu- that long touchdown that Thomas scored late in the game where he does the Joe Horn and pulls the flip phone out was impeccable because Eric had just sent out a message about how it's bullshit that he keeps having to play guys that are putting up these monster scores or whatever. And then all of a sudden he just blows the game wide open and service was just tilting his face off. And, you know, we're getting the Joe Horn reenactment. I mean, it was it was pretty awesome. That was that was my favorite few minutes of, of the day. Um just watching, you know, because at this point I'm, you know, living vicariously through you guys. I mean, I have no interest whatsoever in my own team. And and when I do pay attention to it, it only serves to piss me off. So, you know, that was, that was fun times. Um, I will say that, you know, a well-played touchdown celebration, I think we can all appreciate well done by Michael Thomas. I am so over the staged team photo the teams are doing after they score a touchdown. It's like, okay, we got it. Like you guys have done that four times today and every other team around the league is doing it. I'm completely fucking over these like reenactments. I guess the Seahawks reenacted um, Nolan Ryan beating up on Robin Ventura on the mound from like 30 years ago or whatever. It's like, I don't know. For me, that stuff is so stupid and pointless. Like I just, I have no interest in it whatsoever. And I find it kind of annoying, but Michael Thomas with the flip phone, nicely played good win for Eric. All right, let us move on to week 10. I'm going to go ahead and take myself over Tim in the upset. I can finally run out the squad that I've been envisioning for myself for the last few weeks where, um, knock on wood, Leonard Fournette will actually play this week and, and I'll actually have an RB1 for you know the first time all season. Um, TY and my wide receiver one, although he has a really tough matchup against the Jags. Not sure how it's going to play out because traditionally the Colts have run TY out of the slot quite a bit. And that's the one spot where you can attack the Jags past the, I don't anticipate that he'll see shadow coverage from Ramsey or AJ Boye on the other side. So, you know, could actually post a good score. I don't expect a massive score um, from TY, but I also get to run out my, my Brady Edelman Gordon stack again. So if the Patriots offense plays well, you know, that should work out well for me. Not a great spot against Tennessee. Their, you know, their defense has been pretty good at slowing the game down and, and holding other teams in check, but I'm never going to get that against the Pats. Um, and I also am going to call out my boy MBS for having a big breakout game this week. Um, I think, you know, this, I, the Packers have clearly, installed him as their number two wide receiver. And I think this is the week that he pops off big on Tim's side. I expect Gordon to eat against the Raiders. I expect Saquon to do his thing against the 49ers. Um, I just don't see enough up and down the roster like myself this week. I'm going to take Comer over Tice. Um, Comer should get Sony Michelle back. He has good matchups for OBJ out in San Francisco, golden Tate, who has already hit the Cowboys hard once this year. Uh, so Cowboys have done a really nice job limiting wide receiver production this year, but the one place you can hit them up is in the slot. Um, so like Golden Tate on Tice's side, sticking with that game, 
just too much action on the Cowboys Eagles game for, for my liking. Um, you know, I think he's got four or five guys going in that game and I don't expect that game to shoot out. I think, it, I think it's going to be more of a defensive slugfest and, and, and kind of a slow paced game, tough running back matchup for Zeke going against the Eagles front. They've been, you know, obviously Zeke could post a big game against, against a good defense, but um, Eagles have been really tough to run on. Ditto for AP going against Tampa Bay. As bad as Tampa Bay has been, they've actually been pretty good against the run. They're so easy to throw the ball on that teams just kind of opt to attack them in the air. And then the other thing for AP is they had two uh, two or three offensive linemen are out for the season starters. So, you know, running behind at least, you know, partially a backup offensive line at this point, that's going to be problematic for him. And um, you know, expect Tampa to put up points there, expect Washington to go to the air. So, you know, some tough matchups there for Ty. So I'll, I'll take Homer in that one. I am, even though it's Bartley's birthday this week, I'm going to take Bettis over him in what I think is going to be close. I like Bettis's running back combo of Gurley, James White, and Aaron Jones, who looks like he has finally, you know, earned the trust of, of the Packers coaching staff, even though he had a bad fumble last week. And they've kind of realized that, that riding him is, is going to be their best bet. Great matchup against Miami. Um, also, like for Bettis, the Trubisky-Gabriel combo is home favorites against the Lions. Um, I think they get kind of back on track with their passing game this week. Um, I think Bartley will put up a good score. Wouldn't surprise me at all if he wins. He has Fitzmagic Ma- Fitz going against uh, Washington D. They got torched by Atlanta last week. Tyler Boyd should see just massive volume in the slot against the Saints with A.J. Green out. And I really like the Maurice Harris pickup that Bartley pulled off this week. Classic, excuse me, classic Bartley bench. Um, taking on Tampa Bay's terrible pass defense. Um, if that game ends up going back and forth a little bit, we could see Mo Harris have a, uh, a big a big game. Um, Next up, I think Rob is going to take down Darren, who has both Latavius and Dalvin Cook on by. That's going to strain his running back depth. I also think it's possible that we see the double 0.0 box score this week. Um, don't love some of Rob's plays. Devin Funches, Sterling Shepard, Marlon Mack against the Jags. But I do think he'll have enough to win. And as I was saying a few minutes ago, you know, just he, he tends to put up these scores that are solid top to bottom across his roster. And when you do that, you always give yourself a chance to win. I am going to take service over the Vatos. I think AB can go nuts in this matchup against Carolina. I think Tariq Cohen sets up well in this game against the Lions. And for the Vatos, I think Devontae Adams could have a down week in, in a uh, shadow coverage situation against uh, corner Xavier Howard for the Dolphins. Again, another one of these low-key, kind of under-the-radar corners that isn't maybe a household name, but he's having a really good season. Uh, and Miami has done a really good job taking wide receiver ones out of the game. And that's part of the reason why I expect uh, Valdez-Scantling to have a big game this week is because Miami has also been torched by wide receiver twos um, throughout the season as, as uh, Howard has shut down guys on the other side of the field. Juju has been a bit of a disappointment lately. We'll have to see what he does. I don't like the Bato's starting Doug Martin against the Chargers. That's just a waste of a roster spot to me. So I like service here. And then finally, I'm going to take Eric over Travis. Not sure about the Baker Mayfield play. Um, I, I have a hard time trusting the Browns offense, kind of regardless of who's running the show there. Although I do think Baker has shown well uh, for the most part in his rookie season. Hopefully they get their coaching staff stabilized next year. And if they do, I think he could really take off. Um, so maybe doesn't wouldn't surprise me to see him have a big game against the Falcons, but I don't know. It's 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 just hard for me to trust the Browns. Um, 
Eric's receivers, you know, Michael Thomas, one of the top receivers in the game, Tyler Lockett having a really nice season, Cooper Cup locked into that slot role for the Rams, gets red zone work. I mean, those guys are just lock and load. Also has Deion Lewis, who's basically taken over the running back spot in Tennessee. Uh, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, they should see their work as well. So very little to dislike up and down the roster for Eric. And on Barsotti's side, once again, his fortunes are going to rest with Alvin Kamara and DeAndre Hopkins. And I just don't see enough in the other spots for him to to take on, you know, one of the the teams in our league is playing really well right now. So all right, guys, that is all I have for today. Looking forward to week 10. Looking forward to seeing y'all at the pharmacy on Sunday. Hope everybody has a great week. And uh, yeah, should be fun. All right, cheers, guys. Oh, 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 oh,